Yes, hello and welcome to the Wildcard Rewind podcast. Week 8 is done. We are finally back on a Monday. Thanks for that, Kev. Big help to us last week. Um, we've got the trio back together. So, let's play the track. I just want to rewind to when we were young Oh, we've got the trio back together. Can't wait for this show. Got so much abuse last week, I'm going to throw it back in your faces. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, guys, we are back. Uh, we've got the three of us here. We've got Lewis and Hannah. Lewis, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, thank you, mate. I think we spent the whole last week praising you. Uh, maybe it was Hannah throwing the abuse at you, less so me. I think I was very kind. Uh, I disagree. Uh, Hannah, how are you? I'm doing fab, thank you, Paul. The Bengals are back, baby. It was a perfect week. You guys lost, we won. All, again, all is well with the world. I'm thinking Bengals are going to be Super Bowl champions. You looked uncertain of yourself as you were saying oh, that. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad you said it, Lewis, because he's literally just stood there and gone, I think we're going to be... Maybe playoff, good run, <laughs> but thought yeah. I, I better shoot my shot. Like you know, Super Bowl we champions. <laughs> we do need to get there first, and uh, you know we've got a bit of a gauntlet. But hey, I think we're going to do it. And do you know what? I can't even hate on the Bengals this week because the, oh, I, I I want the Bengals to lose it every week because that brings me joy. But seeing the 49ers go back to back to back losses is just the greatest feeling. Beautiful. So, I, do you know what? I know we've got like big news and all of that stuff. I just want to ask you guys a question. How long do you think it is? Because the fantasy community is fickle. We're really fickle. Okay. How long do you think it is before we actually start saying that Brock Purdy is no good and he's going to drop down everyone's rankings he's, and he's going to be the blame for all of this and they'll be calling for Sam Darnold to take the helm? <laughs> I think it's already started. I am pretty confident. I saw some tweets yesterday being like, oh, if only we'd mentioned that, you know, Brock Purdy was lucking out not having that many interceptions. And when the DBs actually start catching them, you know, it's going to turn around. Like, like you say, everyone's so fickle. And Brock Purdy is just because he feels like this weird sort of science experiment of can you put anyone at quarterback and with Kyle Shanahan and it just works out. I feel like basically he'll have a good week and everyone will go, I think this might be the best quarterback that Kyle Shanahan's ever seen. And then they lose and they go, they should be tanking. They should try and get Caleb Williams. They should be trading for Kirk or RIP. Like, <laughs> I, I I, just think, like, we're never going to be confident on him until either his career's over or he wins the Super Bowl. I, I don't even think I'll be confident on him then. I've... No. Uh, I'll come to you, Hannah, before I say what I think. What, what do you think about Brock Purdy? Well, I, I, yes, I can totally see people saying all of this kind of stuff. But to me, I just don't see them. I don't think they're going to get rid of him. Like, they're, they're happy with him. You know, they still think he's great. I know he threw those two inceptions yesterday. But I think generally he's, you know, he does, he, he runs the offence as Cal Shanahan wants him to do. And he spreads the ball out to his playmakers. You know, Debo and Trent Williams are out. 
I think that did have an effect. I do think they need all of their kind of weapons there to be that kind of San Francisco 49ers team that we kind of know and love that's kind of explosive and unbeatable. I think when pieces are missing, they do show that they are actually vulnerable. And so I don't actually think it's all his fault, to be honest, but, you know, he throws a couple of interceptions. People don't watch the film properly and then go, oh, he's rubbish now. Oh, we always knew he was going to be rubbish and they're going to get rid of him. But they're not going to be able to because, one, where are they going to get another quarterback from? You know, Kirk now, as we're going to discuss you know, shortly, is, is no longer available. And I can't see them wanting to get him next season either because... You know, we don't know what kind of condition he's going to be in. So I think they're they're happy with him. They're committed. And I think personally, you know, we should be all in at this point. Yeah. So I'll agree with you that I do think he isn't going anywhere. And I do think that Carl Shannon likes him because he can mould him to be whatever he wants him to be. Because he wasn't somebody that came out of college that they were like, oh, you know, um, a bit like Anthony Richardson, they were saying his strong point was his running and, and the ability to, to rush. And then Will Levis has the ability to throw a ball 500 million miles by eating bananas with the skin on. Um, Brock Purdy was nothing. He didn't have a, a standout attribute and he can mould him to be whatever he wants him to be. And he is, you know, he, I've always said he is somebody that's landed at the right place at the right time and he is but i th- i think that there's a reason why he wasn't taken until the 7th round in um in an NFL draft and i think you're maybe starting to see that he can't put that team on his shoulders and get them out of the the shit like you can see some of the the top end sort of QBs you know i'm not trying to compare him to Pat Mahomes but if you look at Pat Mahomes when it comes to it, he can he can make these absolutely astonishing plays and march down the field, you know, where I don't think Brock Purdy is the type of QB that's gonna get you out of this shit like that, you know. Um, but I do I do think that the fantasy community are very fickle and they will change their minds like you know, we change our socks. So if you are in wanting a QB that is going to be starting for a team for at least this year and probably next year, then Brock Purdy is somebody in Dynasty that I would be probably looking to buy now because people will be trying to get rid of it. But um, with that, we shall get on to our big news. Uh, we have we have sort of teased it. Before that, I will, I will mention uh, the bye weeks this week are the Jacksonville Jags, the 49ers. I think the 49ers need a bye week to, to regroup. Uh, the Detroit Lions and the Denver Broncos. So with that, we shall get into our big news. Um, so to me, this one big talking point, I don't know if you guys felt it this week, but it kind of felt like there was a, a lot of talking around the QBs um, and a lot of people getting injured and stuff like that. Um, so we're going to talk about the, the big injury um, that was to Kirk Cousins. Um, but I also want to talk about other situations sort of um, the one that happened at the Falcons. Uh, it finally seemed like uh, Arthur Smith has, has realised that uh, Desmond Ritter is not a good QB and given Tyler Heineke the nod. Um, what was weird about that to me was that Desmond Ritter went out with concussion but cleared the protocol and then 
was cleared to come back and play and didn't come back on the pitch. So that's what makes me think that Heineke's got that job there. Um, Will Levis, I want to talk about Will Levis. Uh, he got his first start in the NFL and looked very good at airing the ball out. Um, and one more that I wanted to mention uh, is the Giants, who had Tyrod Taylor go out and they had to bring Danny DeVito in and fill a gap and you may as well have brought Danny DeVito in because he wouldn't have done this. <laughs> and Lewis, you brought it to my attention that I also missed off uh, Matthew Stafford as well. Um, I can't remember what's happening. He... It was, was his, his thumb as well. Yeah, he like dislocated his thumb in the, I think either the first or second quarter, went out, came back in for a while, and then midway through the third quarter. So basically came back in for the third quarter, immediately had a touchdown drive, and then the thumb started swelling up and adrenaline couldn't hack it, um, and he had to leave the game. Yeah, so I th- I think he was leaving that game anyway, because it was dead and buried by then anyway. Yeah. But... Right, where do you want to start, guys? There's a lot of information in that. I probably should have spread it out over a couple of questions, but there's a lot of information. <laughs> so, uh, Lewis, we'll, co- we'll come to you first. What what do you want to talk about with, with all of the QB situations? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kick us off. The, I wanted to start off with a quite a funny start that... Um... In the Giants game. And first of all, like I think each year we see, we realize that as much as we might think we know the NFL inside out, there are players, especially third string quarterbacks, that I'm confident didn't exist before game day. Like Tommy DeVito, that is not a name anyone has ever heard before. Like that's not a real person. That's some fan they've brought in off the streets. Um, but anyway, the, the Giants, um, Darren Waller, uh, had over 50% of the Giants receiving yards yesterday against the Jets. Um, he had four yards um, and he left the game midway through uh, the yeah. second. So I'm going to give you an even better one. The wide receivers for the New York Giants yesterday finished on minus one yard. <laughs> yeah, because Tommy, Tommy DeVito threw for negative one yard. Didn't yeah, he? yeah. So Darren Waller had four. And Matt Brader had four, and then Danny DeVito came in and threw for minus one. So the the wide receiver core for the New York Giants yesterday, in a game that went to overtime, had minus one yard. That's that's the worst bit, man. Like I think that you know bringing a third string quarterback and performing terribly, it. I think there are a few teams that would be able to cope with it. Like we saw the 49ers being down to Josh Johnson last year. Like we know it's not really going to work out off the jet side. I know they're playing with Zach Wilson, but like not being able to put away a team that's playing that's that's wide receivers finish with negative yards is incredible. Um, on the, I wanted to touch on the, um, the Desmond Ritter situation. I think that's quite an interesting one. I get the sense that what it was, and obviously, Desmond Ritter has had a really up and down season, mostly down. But there's been a couple of weeks that he's looked okay. Um, I'm really out on Desmond Ritter. It's not a, not a player that I've ever been particularly fond of. What it seems like to me is Arthur Smith going, okay, here's an opportunity for me to just see what I've got in Taylor Heineke. Like, you've had to come out for a concussion, so Heineke's had to go in. We're behind. Let's just give him the rest of the game and just see what it looks like. Um, and to me, he didn't look a huge amount better. Um, so I, I wouldn't feel particularly confident starting either of them next week because I'm not 100% confident that Arthur Smith feels confident starting either of them next week. Um, 
So I don't really know who's going to have that job. And I think that's that's always a worry. Um, the Falcons seem so unwilling to use any of the fantastic players that they have. Uh, at one point, I saw they had tight end two, Johnny Smith, throwing to tight end three, McCall Proet, while tight end one and highest ever drafted tight end um, was the lead blocker. Um, that's Carl Pitts. So it's not really looking great in Atlanta. Um, I'll let you talk about the the big one in Kirk, if you'd like, Anna. Yeah, I'm just really gutted, to be honest, that Kirk had this injury. I mean, the team haven't been doing like that great so far this season, although they had clawed it back to four and four, hadn't they? But, um, like, he was playing really well. He was balling. Like, I know everyone thinks in fantasy he's, like, really boring. And, you know, he is. He's, like, you know... He's not a Josh Allen who kind of runs around and does it. And he's not a, you know, a Patrick Mahomes who does all these fancy stuff. But this, they throw the ball the most of any team in the NFL. And he was bowling out, you know. So I think it's a massive shame because it's not just, you know, him that affects it. You know, it affects. It's also going to affect all of the pass catchers too. Like who ultimately is their backup? I think it's some like fifth round rookie at the moment because their actual backup is on IR with yeah. a back injury so like you know the level of quarterback play is going to be poor from now on now i think ultimately that the sorry i'm butting in before let me just mention this before we chat a bit more you know ultimately the vikings were kind of in that in between don't you think phase where it was like right we've got one more year of kirk you know we're going to do this competitive rebuild so basically if things go well and we get in the playoffs great we're just going to run with it if they don't go well then you know fine we'll be rebuilding but I think ultimately it's forced them I think into more of a rebuild now at this point which is just not good for our fantasy players you know Paul's favorite uh you know uh stud of the week uh Addison you know he was doing amazingly well to be fair thank you Thank you. But, you know, <laughs> no love now, there. now it's kind of questionable, talent. you know, what is he going to do for us and our fantasy teams at this point? Because is the quarterback going to be able to support him and TJ Hawkinson, you know, which are kind of the two guys now left that we feel are fantasy relevant and ultimately probably not. So, like, it's got a massive knock-on effect to the whole team. And as I say, I think at this point it's forced the hand to becoming a rebuild. And I think ultimately that will strongly affect our fantasy teams going forward, which is is gutting. You know, and I feel so sorry for Kirk because obviously this was a you know contract year for him. He's about to be out of contract at the end of this season. I don't think they were gonna well, I, I don't know, maybe if they're doing really, really well, maybe they're gonna extend him. But ultimately they're not going to now, you know, and who knows where he's gonna go how well he's going to play and what money he's going to get. So I do feel a bit sorry for him, of course. You know, and it's shit to get, you know, this injury and, you know, really feel for him. But it does have a massive effect on everybody on that team. Well, there's an idea that I'm really intrigued by. Um, and uh, their current backup is Nick Mullen, who's on IR. Uh, after that is Jaron Hall, who didn't look particularly great when he came in in relief. But there is, in the building, um, a, a former third-round pick uh, career backup quarterback who played on the the Patriots, the Jets, uh, was practice squad on the Lions, the Dolphins, and the Chargers. Uh, knows the offense inside out, um, and that is uh, head coach Kevin O'Connell. <laughs> um, he did retire playing ten years ago, but I genuinely wonder 
whether he would be worse <laughs> than Jaron Hall. Uh, like, if it's about just running the offense, surely he knows it better than anyone, and he could probably do a better job than, you know, a, a rookie who's never seen any real snaps. Can you can you imagine it, though? Can you imagine if next week he, he's, he stood there and he's got his headphones on, he's like, oh, right, it's my turn. There we go. His helmet <laughs> on and so comes jogging onto the pitch, you know. Um he won't need a, the microphone, will he? You know, the earpiece, because it's all he's his plays. He's called his own plays, isn't he? Exactly. It's a bit sort of like dictatory being like, no, I'm the head coach and I'm now the starting quarterback. I'm I'd, also going to play middle linebacker and I'm going to return punts. Like, I'll just do I'd, it all. It's fine. I'd, lo- I'd love to see a dodgy call and then he pulls out the coach's challenge flag and throws <laughs> it while, while he's in, in the middle of the field. Like, you know, he's just throwing his... Um, no, um... I'm a bit. I, I am really gutted for for Kirk Cousins. I am. Um, it's not anything you you don't want to see big injuries, especially in years where you're playing for your contract and stuff like that. You you don't you don't want to see it. Um, I think I think you are right, Hannah. I think the Vikings have been forced into a full rebuild. I, I feel like they, you know, their season is done. I know they're on back to back wins. They bought they beat the Forty ers Monday night last week, wasn't it? And then they beat um, the Packers yesterday in a big divisional game. So, you know, I am massive, massively gutted for them. But I think now with Kirk out and Jefferson out, I, I honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if Jefferson is out longer now yeah. than what he would have been and stuff like that. So uh, I, can, I can see it sort of being one of them where I think the Vikings... Are kind of done now this year. I don't think we'll see too much from them. I've heard people say that they should trade for Ryan Tannehill. For me, I'm like, what an absolute waste. You know, what's the point? Like, to me, in my personal opinion, Tannehill is washed now at this point. Like, I think you're just basically putting yourself into mediocrity because, okay, maybe he wins a few games, but ultimately that ends you ends you in the middle of the kind of, you know, draft order and then you're not going to get anything decent you might as well full on tank now and try and get up for a quarterback to me that makes the most sense at this point you know there's no point getting around Tannehill who can barely throw the ball anymore as we're about to discuss you know Will Levis and what he did with this offense versus what Tannehill has been able to do with this offense you know I just don't think he can play anymore so I think that would be a waste of resources to go and get him personally yeah I agree I agree but do you know what? We're going to segue straight into into Will Levis. Um, Hannah, what 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 did you think of Will Levis? I feel like you've got quite a bit to say on on Will Levis and what what he did this weekend. No, well, I just think you know, look, you can't knock him for a you know a great performance. He had he had four touchdowns and no interceptions. You know, you, you know, really great. But I do ultimately think this is one of those. I'm, I may be totally wrong. But I personally think this is one of those Prince and Pumpkin situations where, you know, a quarterback comes out on the first start. No one knows really what to expect. We know he's got a cannon arm and he used it, you know, and ultimately I just think that they weren't expecting him to throw these massive bombs down the field, which is ultimately what he did. Um, And so, you know, Atlanta weren't, weren't prepared for him and he played pretty well. But ultimately, also, if you look at the stats, he either basically threw bombs down the field 
or he threw screens. There were very few passes kind of five, ten yards upfield. You know, once people start to stop him being able to throw his bombs, is he going to be able to matriculate down the field? Because ultimately, to be a good NFL starter, you need to be able to do that. And he didn't show being able to do that at all in this game. So my concern is that, you know, he's come out, he's thrown all these bombs. People have got really excited. Will Levis, you know, look what, you know, fantastic. He's the new best thing. Quick, he puts everyone mayo says. in his coffee. Exactly. exactly. I mean, who wouldn't do that? He must be great. But, you know, ultimately, I think it's one of those where in the next few weeks, all defences are going to have known how to stop the way he plays. And I think he's then going to start to struggle. So I just think this is a Prince performance and he's going to turn into a pumpkin. So I have no interest in him. Obviously, in Dynasty, if I've got him on my team, of course, I'm going to watch closely. And I'm not I'm not elevating him from my taxi squad for the first few weeks because I want to know that he's actually going to be able to keep this up. But in redraft, I have zero interest. I don't want him. I do. Really? Yes. So, okay, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Okay, If he can get the time to get a long ball off, he's got one of the best players at getting downfield and catching that ball, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. As we've seen time and time again, he's so good at separating himself. He's so good at catching the ball, and he is a very, very talented wide receiver, you know? And if, if he can keep getting downfield... Um, you know, how many times have we seen it where Joe Burrow's gone, I'm just throwing a ball down there, Jamar Chase is somewhere, and it works. It works. And I just think if Will Levis can keep getting these deep balls in, as long as DeAndre Hopkins is somewhere down there, he's going to be somebody, unless you've got a really good corner on him or a safety on him, he's somebody that's going to he's going to catch the ball. And I'm, I'm, I'm quite intrigued to see where it goes. The only thing I would worry about that, Paul, is one, this offensive line is historically terrible. Now, they played Atlanta this week, who were also pretty terrible at getting sacks and being able to rush the quarterback. So I think they were lucky this week in that, you know, they managed to hold up okay. And two, you know, is there anybody else apart from DeAndre Hopkins and Derek Henry on this team that anybody should be scared about? Like, I think ultimately they they should and could double team him and really not feel that scared about anybody else. Yeah, like like I said, like I said, it's only it's only if he can get the time. If Will Levis has got the time, and he's got the time for that play to unfold and get to where he needs it to be, I think I think he could be somebody that week in week out he could be getting that long downfield touchdown. You know, DeAndre Hopkins. How many times have we seen DeAndre Hopkins be? Covered by the best players out there, double covered, everything like that. I, you know, I, one of my favourite plays when he was a Cardinal was the Hail Mary against the Buffalo Bills. He had three players around him. He got up higher. He got the ball. He brought it in. He scores the touchdown. He is, you know, he is. Two years ago, we were t- chatting about him as one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. You know, he's getting older now, but. I think for the rest of this season, if if Will Levis can continue to do this, I'm going to start eating bananas with the fucking skin on because that's <laughs> that's obviously working for the guy, you know. You do, you do already, I think, Paul. I think I've seen some pictures of you doing that on the WhatsApp group. <laughs> um, <laughs> I... That was not a banana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we missed you last week, Paul. I 
I just wanted to say, I mean, just I think you can really tell the story of Will Levis by just looking into the past map, like without even looking into any of the more advanced uh, statistics and stuff before they come out. So he uh, attempted 29 passes um, last night. 10 of them were 10 yards or more. And then eight, eight of them, so eight of the other 19 were behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, all of the passes behind the line of scrimmage were, were completions. Um, of the the passes of more than ten yards, it was three touchdowns and then only one other completion. So I think it's just like a very sort of, like you say, Hannah. It's either very sort of like safe plays that they know he can make, like screens or like real, just kind of safe, high volume stuff. Or if we can get anything, chuck it deep and see where Nuke is. Like, so I just I would be really intrigued by the sustainability of what he did, just because I think you you can see, I think you really see a lot of quarterbacks make their money and like be consistent by sort of that five to fifteen middle of the field yardage area, and we just didn't see him do it yesterday now i don't want to sort of shit all over a rookie in his first start throwing for four quarterback uh, throwing for four quarterbacks throwing for four touchdowns especially because seeing him slide on draft night was so heartbreaking like i really don't like seeing it where you see someone's world get ruined when they're sat in the green room but i would just worry a little bit about whether that's repeatable like three of your 10 throws beyond um 10 yards going for like 40 yard touchdowns i just don't think it's going to happen every week um, i really loved uh, nuke's stats this week because he got um four receptions for 128 yards and three touchdowns <laughs> well that tells and, the story doesn't it like and, that's he, all and, he, and he's wide he's wide receiver three on the week like you know keep going ah. keep giving it to nuke he's down there somewhere <laughs> He's down there somewhere. Um, <laughs> but before before we move on, is there any other quarterback situation that either of you would like to discuss? I know we've discussed the big ones, but is there anyone else you want to mention? Danny DeVito? Do you want to mention Danny DeVito again? Or? No. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'll just touch a little bit on the Rams. Like I, So we go on by after we play the Packers this week. Obviously, playing in Green Bay is going to be incredibly cold. If Matt Stafford has a thumb injury, which it looked like a dislocation, um, I would worry about him being able to play this week. I think we could see him come back after that. I would really worry um, starting anyone um, on the Rams next week, um, just because we we don't have a proper backup quarterback. Like, uh, it's Brett Ripien that came in and looked absolutely terrible. Um and I think you've gone from a stage of being able to start, you know, Cup or Puka or even Tutu sometimes, like, and being quite happy with the volume that they're going to get. Um, and now, like, I'm just, I'm pretty confident that we're going to lose to the Packers next week. Um, so I'd, I'd just be a little worried starting your Rams next week um, if Stafford can't go. Hannah, anything to add on the Rams and how shit they were yesterday? <laughs> Now leave that to you, Paul. I know you'll enjoy gloating about that. Although Cardinals... my team, my team lost, so I can't gloat very much. Okay, <laughs> but no, I mean, I just think it's. And we've talked about this before we came on air. To me, this seems absolutely ludicrous for injuries this year. Like every week, we're talking about three, four, five significant injuries that are going to, you know, strongly impact fantasy teams. I genuinely think 
basically the team that has the fewest injuries is ultimately going to win this season because, you know, so many, I think, contending teams will fall on the wayside because of these big significant injuries. I thought you said the Bengals were going to win the Super Bowl championship this year. Well, they are, but I'm talking about... Um, Who comes second, fantasy. yeah? <laughs> no, fantasy championship. Oh, fair enough. Come on now, Paul. Keep up, keep up. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll briefly touch on this before before we move on. Um, I heard you guys talking about last week uh, about the rookies and who you don't trust and stuff like that. So I, I just wanted to bring that, elaborate a little bit more, go into sort of um, vets and stuff like that. Other players, you know, players that you would have drafted that you don't want anything to do with now. So we will be quick. Do, do you want to just do two positions and then we'll do two more next week or... Do you want to do all four positions this week? Should we should we just do quarterback and running back this week? Yeah, suits me. Suits me. So we'll we'll start with uh, with you, Lewis. Um. So I was really intrigued by Jordan Love after his first couple of games of the season. Um. I think, and he's still he's still quarterback thirteen, but he came straight in with he started with two three touchdown performances, and everyone was like, "Oh, for God's sake!" The Packers have done it again. It's another Hall of Famer. Never mind. Um, and he's really not looked great the last few weeks. Um, he's he's had more interceptions in the last three weeks than he's had touchdowns. Um, five to three, which is which is not great at all. But uh, the big thing for me is the eye test. Like, I I just think he doesn't look like he's able to to like function in the offense. Um, and then at running back, it's Damian Pierce. Uh, and part of that is because I had a really fantastic DFS team this week that if I hadn't started Damian Pierce and had pivoted to someone who'd scored like marginally well, um, we could have been looking at a proper cash rather than the, like just making, you know, 20 quid off 10 quid entries. Um, but he's really come down the last few weeks. And we spoke last week uh, about Devin Singletree, um, this kind of being a shared backfield. Um, and you're really starting to see it. Like he only saw two more opportunity, or two more rush attempts than Devin Singletary. Um, and Singletree saw both of the targets. So I think it's like a real testament to kind of not trusting those dead zone running backs. Um, and I, I, I thought I could be excited for him um, with the potential. Uh, the rushing scheme coming through from the 49ers um but it, it just looks like it's not going to work for him he just he looks horribly inefficient um i know he he could have scored a touchdown that then uh was ruled out and and maybe the fancy day would have looked a little bit better but he's been so inefficient the last few weeks that i, I i'm out yeah I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you with uh both of them uh hannah who's your players that you're completely out on so my quarterback is deshaun watson now, this might sound a bit harsh because actually, you know, he's only played ultimately four games this season, which is one of the reasons that I'm out on him, to be honest. But when he has played, uh, week one, he finished as the quarterback six and week three finished as the quarterback nine. Now, actually, when you dive into his stats a little bit more, they're really not that great. Like the Week one, when he finished as QB6, he only had 154 passing yards and he had a passing touchdown and an interception. Um, so I think ultimately he finished as QB6 in week one because week one was pretty horrendous and all of the guys that we thought were going to be fantastic really weren't. So I think it's really a case of everybody else was terrible. That's the only reason he finished as the quarterback six on that week. Um, 
Week three was when he had his quarterback nine finish. Now, actually, he looked okay that week. He played reasonably well. He had over 2,000, uh, 2000, over 200 passing yards, and he had two touchdowns. I think, again, that's the reason he finished as a quarterback one. But since then, obviously, he's had this shoulder injury. I think we kind of mentioned it the other week where there's kind of just these funny vibes around him at the moment, and I'm not sure whether he is just injured or there's something going on there. I just feel like there's an undercurrent that just doesn't feel quite right obviously then last week he, he said you know he says okay I'm okay to play then he has this question mark concussion then they decide oh we're not gonna you know put him back in because we're trying to protect protect our franchise quarterback but he looked absolutely terrible throwing like five passes I just think that ultimately Deshaun Watson is not going to be the guy that we've seen in the past like I think the fantasy community look Deshaun Watson is not, you know, he's not a nice man. You know, nobody kind of disputes that. But ultimately, I think people drafted him for fantasy because they thought that he could become the guy that he used to be. I think ultimately, that's just not going to happen. You know, he didn't play for like two years, well, one and a half years. Then he played a few games last season. Then this season, he's played a few games and now he's injured. You know, he's had so much time off that I just don't see him getting back to the guy that, that he once was. And ultimately, you know, because of that, I'm out really. I just think he looks pretty shocking. And this sounds really harsh, but, you know, as a Bengals fan, I really don't feel sorry for the Cleveland Browns for making this absolutely terrible kind of, uh, you know, deal with him. Uh, you know, I think they've got to sleep in the bed that they made ultimately at this point. So I'm quite happy to see him struggling, you know, for two reasons, you know, his history and also the Cleveland Browns giving him that massive deal when we know that ultimately he shouldn't have been given that. So anyway, that's my long tirade about uh, Deshaun do you, Watson. Do you feel better now? Yeah, I do actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of glad, though, that the Cleveland Browns gave him that terrible deal and he's been terrible. Like, of all the teams to give a terrible deal, it would be them that would do it. And I'm just glad that he's showing them that that was an absolute waste of time. Uh, my running back is Najee Harris. To be honest, I wasn't really in on him on the, you know, during the offseason because of kind of that threat of Jalen Warren and also just he's been terribly inefficient you know ever since um that rookie season that he had and ultimately he was drafted in maybe the second round was it second or third round um and ultimately he's never been a running back one this season his highest finish is running back 13 but ultimately he's typically been a running back three but he was drafted basically as a low-end running back one high-end running back two and I think he's just not he's not paid that off Jalen Warren is kind of splitting time with him is enough to be a pain but not good enough or you know not doing enough to actually be useful so I just think the yeah. two of them are a bit of a kind of waste of time for fantasy and ultimately I think this Najee experiment that everyone kind of thought he's going to be a running back one for years to come has come to an end 100 percent 100 um yeah. I'll just I'll just jump into mine quick um, because Hannah took forever to talk about Deshaun Watson. Um, so, so my QB is Kenny Pickett uh, for obvious reasons. That Steelers team are actually winning games, but their QB looks absolute garbage. Uh, for fantasy this year, he hasn't finished as a QB one yet. He's finished 
um 21 29 15 29 18 14 and 31 no i knew i know 31 was um this week when he um left the game was it halfway through the game he left um but you know he's just not his his completions week 1 he had a a decent week with 31 completions apart from that he's completing maybe 15 16 passes in a game he, you know he's not really throwing he hasn't thrown a touchdown since week 4 um and he's only actually thrown four on the season you know will will levis nearly did that yesterday in his first game um so he's just somebody that i don't want any part of anymore quick question. I know that we're moving on, but, you know, I'm going to ask a, just a quick one. Do you think if he didn't have Matt Canada as his OC, he might have done, might do a bit better? Do you think that Matt Canada is kind of dragging the offence down and actually ultimately it's not just a Kenny Pickett problem? Yeah, Matt, Matt Canada needs to get the hell out of USA. Okay, he's he's not good. Okay, he's just not, he's not, he's not good. He's awful and he's, he's, I don't want to, I don't want to point a finger, but he's part of the problem. Um, and my running back, and I probably feel a little bit harsh for doing this because he's been out injured um, for three of the games and had a bye, so he's only actually played four games this season. But it's Aaron Jones. Um, I'm really struggling with the Green Bay Packers this year. I don't think they, I don't, think, I don't think something, something's not clicking there. They're not not firing all cylinders. Uh, Lewis, you put Jordan Love in there for the obvious reasons that he's just not moving the ball. They don't seem to be doing anything really well. You know, he's come back. He was injured before the bye. Then he's had his bye week. He's come back. And so far, and Jones has been running back 26 and running back 29. You know, this is somebody that you would have drafted early. Um, he was, he, you know, he's an early pick and he's just not, he's not returning that that value at the moment. And for me, I'm just, I was out on it before the season. I was, I was fading him, but I'm completely out now. Um, but yeah, so uh, next week we'll get into uh, wide receivers and tight ends. Um, so with that, we'll rewind the tape. This is a segment we're going to discuss the things that we have learned from the previous week that have helped us as fantasy managers. So Lewis, what, what do you feel like you've learned this week? I think it's a really interesting thing watching sport that sometimes I think we see it as like uh, a drama and a TV show rather than sort of just a, a sports contest. And I think what I took from this week is division games, games in division, can often be really strange and the narrative takes control more so than the actual strength of the team. Um, so particularly when it comes to the underdog, like looking at an, an, an in-division game, often you can actually bet on the underdog more often than you would if you were just looking up the strength of the team. And just looking at a couple of examples from this week, like Sam Howell was the QB1 on the week versus the Eagles. They had three top 20 wide receivers. Like, we wouldn't have called that in advance, but division games are weird. Um, and the Broncos took down the Chiefs. The the Broncos, who have probably been the worst team in football, took down the team that have probably been the best. Javante Williams was an RB1. Like, it's just when you look at in-division games and the only one coming up next week is Cowboys-Eagles, which I, I want to touch on a little bit later. Man, like just weird things are going to happen in in-division games. So I think you can look to kind of the, the narrative of the sport and the drama of the sport more so um, than you can normally just looking at kind of like the stats and the context and the analytics. Yeah. 
I love it. I, I, and that division game, the Broncos were undefeated, weren't they? Undefeated in the last 16 games versus the Chiefs. So I can imagine the party in Denver went on well in well well into yeah. the night. Didn't you um, play um, Taylor Swift after they won? <laughs> I bet they did. Yeah, I they bet did. They, they absolutely did. did. I they love did. that. I love that. That is that. Oh, that's that's won it this week for me. I'm done. I can't. The internet. You've won the Broncos. You've <laughs> won. You've won the week. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Hannah, go on. What, what what have you learned this week? So Apart for me, from the fact that I'm awesome. Oh, I've definitely not learned that. Um, for me, it's that three-man backfields are basically terrible for fantasy. So those where three running backs have some sort of share within the, you know, within the team. So this week, the two kind of teams I can think of are the Browns. So obviously they had Kareem Hunt, Pierre Strong, and Jerome Ford playing. And the Bears, they had Donta Foreman, Rashawn Johnson, and Darrington Evans playing. Now, ultimately, each team had a running back two in there. So Kareem Hunt was the running back 14, and Darrington Evans was the running back 15. I mean, the only reason they got to where they got, I mean, the running back... Uh, you know generally position is a bit of a shit show this year so the only reason they really got where they got was because they scored touchdowns now basically it, you know these running backs are not getting the volume to get you know a finish as a high kind of position in fantasy so the only way that they kind of end up getting fantasy points is through touchdowns but you can never judge or know who's going to get the touchdown in each week like I bet if we'd all made a prediction coming into this game we wouldn't have predicted that Darrington Evans would finish as the running back one in the Bears backfield this week you know and ultimately it's whoever gets the touchdown uh, that's going to be the running back one in, in in that you know in those backfields so I am avoiding those backfields um, in fantasy they're just not worth worrying about or betting on because whatever you do, you'll pick the wrong running back. Um, I would only use one in a desperate pinch. So, Hannah, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Do it. Okay, so I've got £5 in my Skybet account. I was talking about who's going to get and, and the And the Bears play the Saints next week, so pick a running back. Okay, I'm going to pick Foreman. Okay. Okay. I think I'll, maybe I should have picked Johnson, but anyway. No, 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 no. Go. Just, just flow with it. You know. You're either going to win me a lot of money or lose me five pound. I think I'm going to lose you five pound, but hey, I'm going to yeah. go Foreman. He finished as a running back fifty this week after last week, where he finished as definitely a running back one, if not the running back he one. Was the running back one last week. Exactly. Like, yeah. Don't worry. It's all yeah. good. Um. So. Um. Something that Mags brought up on the hot seat and the Dynasty show last week was how bad and inefficient the running backs are being. Um, and we know how bad the tight ends can be. So my what I've learned this week is, do you know what? Even though it is an absolute shit show, you always have to start two running backs. So stick to your process. Yeah, they may not be scoring as much as what we've known in the past. But actually, if you can get one that's going to score you 10, maybe 12 points, you've probably got a decent running back in that position. So don't be don't be disheartened by looking at these running backs going, oh, you know, last year's he was going off and he was doing this and everything like that. 
They're not as efficient this year. They're not doing what we expect them to do. But actually, you still have to start these players, okay? You still have to start a tight end. You still have to start, like, two, maybe three running backs, depending on your league format and how it's set up, okay? So stick to your process. Stick to what you need to do. A running back, as long as they're getting you sort of 10 points, that is that is proving to be an actually a decent week in that running back position. So don't be disheartened because you're not got the one that's going to score you 25 points this week, you know, because like you said, Hannah, you never know who it could be or anything like that. So I, I really like this. I know we need to move on to the next segment, but I think like to, to extrapolate on a little bit more, I think like you're running back two spot. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Like if you can find someone that's going to get eight points in a running back two spot, you can make up for it elsewhere and like no one except the most win now and elite of dynasty teams is happy with their running back to slot at the moment so just like find a matchup that you think works see if you can get a touchdown if it like if it's kareem hunt if it's hitting on whoever from the bears goes a touchdown like you'll probably be all right i just think that position in particular is so unstable this week this year that just don't worry about it like patch it up elsewhere yeah. This week, if your running back scored you eight points, it, they would be a running back too. That's how terrible it is. Terrible. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's Man. awful. You know what and I mean? then you know, we're looking at running back two, Royce Freeman, Darrington Evans, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, Pierre Strong. I mean, Imari Di Mercado, all these randomers that no one would have even drafted. That's like stumbled into the end zone territory, like, exactly. and it's amazing. Um, but yeah, so we're 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 like really behind on the show sheet. But hey ho, we'll catch it up. I'm sure of it. Uh, so let's let's talk about our fantasy studs of the week. Uh, here we're going to look at an under the radar player who could overperform and exceed expectations in week nine. Uh, last week I went for Alexander Matson. I know you wanted to do a uh, reason to it. Uh, there was no reason. I was just hopeful that he was going to be somebody <laughs> that fucking hit and he didn't. Um, and this was a shit show. Uh, he finished with 31 yards and one reception and an overall RB 52. So that was awful. Um, Lewis, went KJ Osborne, who had a, Eight receptions, 99 yards. Uh, overall, one, two, 15, but that doesn't really matter. Really uh, smart, Hannah, really smart boy. I'm very smart. <laughs> Hannah went for uh, Devon Singletree, who had 40 yards and 13 receiving yards and finishes RB39 on the week. I just want to um, make a note there that he actually played basically 50% of the snaps versus 50% from Damien Pierce, and both of them were terrible. So, again, process was right. Just the wrong game. I'm telling you now, this week is going to go off. So, so I learned this from from the show last week. So, if you're going to say the process was right, what you're actually trying to say is, I got it fucking wrong. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. That's that's what you're trying to say, isn't it? My... I'm just saying, don't give up My... on him. Okay, okay. <laughs> My process was right. And my was pick it? was right as well. Was yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> uh, but let's see how we can do it. How, how we can do this week. So, Lewis, um, tell us how your amazing process is going to win you another week. Uh, <laughs> well, right. 
it is actually quite interesting. I've gone for it like so. Last week was an in division matchup where I went for the wide receiver too, and I've gone for the same thing this week. So um, I mentioned this a little bit earlier about the in division matchups and the Cowboys versus the Eagles. I'm going with Brandon Cooks, um, who has had two games in a row scoring touchdowns. Um, is is out snapped Michael Gallup for the last couple of weeks, um, and yeah, yeah, scored a touchdown this week. Like. I would be really intrigued to see going into next week where it's um, anticipated to be a shootout. So the over-under is the highest of the week, 46.5 points. Um, but more impressively, um, I was really surprised to see this. The Eagles are the the worst defense against the wide receiver position this year. And I know we see the Eagles as being this beautifully built team. But actually, if you think about it, we know them as being very good in the trenches. Um, and actually, against the pass, they're really struggling. They've been in a lot of shootouts. Last week, and again, I touched on this earlier, they, uh, the commanders against them had the wide receiver six the wide receiver 11 and the wide receiver 18 like three top 20 performances is incredible so i think that the the signs are kind of starting to add up for brandon cooks to have a decent game um and i think he's probably um available more than you would think let me actually have a quick look in terms of how rostered he is on sleeper um yeah he's rostered 53 percent of the league so he's actually available quite a lot um, I think he could be out there on waivers, and like if you need to fill in with buys, uh, it could definitely be someone that could definitely score uh, at least a touchdown this this week. Yeah, I, I love it. I love the process. I think that process could work again. Um, Hannah, let's let's trust your process. Who have you gone for this week? Paul, you're just so rude. Um, I can tell you being... Uh, oh, Kate Dotton again. Is it really? Kate yeah. <laughs> I am going back to the tight end well, but I'm picking a different tight end this week because basically my theory is that all a tight end needs is a touchdown and they're a tight end one. So this week I'm going to the well of Luke Musgrave. I feel like this could be a, a, quite an error because Green Bay are pretty shocking. But although they've been struggling and, and basically Love has been spreading the ball around quite a bit, they're playing the LA Rams this week, and they are, in fact, one of the worst defences against tight ends. They're actually the third worst uh, this season. So I'm thinking that because they're not particularly good against tight ends, Luke Musgrave is going to just break free in the, in the end zone and he's going to score a touchdown, and that's going to make my pick a good one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I can't, I can't argue against it. Can't it's a desperation Hope you get a touchdown play. <laughs> so I've gone for this week's wide receiver eight and uh, sponsor of our show, <laughs> <laughs> Rashid Shahid. Yes. <laughs> so he's going to get nothing now. I'm not. I'm not chasing the points that he got this week. You know mm -hmm. because. He did. He did absolutely explode this week um, with 153 yards and a touchdown. I'm not chasing their points. Over the last three weeks, he's finished as the wide receiver 12, the wide receiver 52, and the wide receiver eight. And they're playing the Chicago Bears. Okay, and the Bears are going to have a really tough time. And I think they're going to look to put in plenty of points on the board early, and then just sort of coasting in the end there. So. My guy, Rahid Shahid is going to do it for the, the rewind. So, yeah, with that, we shall move on to the fantasy scare. 
of the week. Here we're going to look at a hyped player who could underperform and upset us and our fantasy teams in week nine. So last week, Hannah went for Joe Burrow, who had 283 yards, three touchdowns, 43 rushing yards, and finished as QB four on the week. Um, I did say Luke to Lewis this was wishful thinking, and that I knew that if I picked him, he was going to go off, and I was right. I love it. I love it. The process, <laughs> the process worked. Exactly. Um, Lewis did Lewis did a bit better with his choice. Uh, he went for Henderson, who only managed 31 rushing yards and 54 receiving yards, finishing um, as the RB17. Which but is... I still think that I think I think the RB17 is actually very reasonable. But uh, we were it's, it's you, no you QB4, were just, though, is it? You were just saying about how terrible the RB2 slot was <laughs> last week. He's still there. with He's still like there. eight points. <laughs> And I went for Michael Pittman Jr., who had eight receptions, 40 yards, and a touchdown finish in the week as wide receiver 14. Um, so as quick as you can, guys, who are your fantasy scares of the week? Hannah, we're going to start with you this time. So this week I'm going to go with Tua. I'm going back to the QB well, which has to serve me terribly, but hey, they're playing the Chiefs in Germany. The Chiefs are a strong defence this season, although they had a bit of a terrible time this week, but hey, we're going to forget that. They're actually the second best defence against quarterbacks. They're coming off an embarrassing loss. I think they're going to be out to try and show that they're the best team in the AFC, and I think they're going to really go out and try and beat those Dolphins. So I'm going to say two. I love it. Can't argue with it. Can't argue with it. Um, so basically, guys, if you're listening, start two of this week because you'll probably be like QB3 or QB4 of the week. Um, exactly. Lewis, um, where, where are you going this week? Uh, DK Metcalf for me. Uh, I thought it was a really interesting performance from him last week. He saw 14 targets, but only had five catches. Um, the Ravens, who they're playing against, the eighth best team against wide receivers. They're the best team against the quarterback position, uh, but they're at more middle of the pack against the running back. So I think Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet could end up being leaned on a little bit more. Um, but the big worry for me is that Tyler Lockett had more yards than him last week and had a touchdown. JSN has now had consecutive weeks with a touchdown, both in the red zone, so he's looking like a bit of a weapon um also his snap share has really been um on on an upward tick uh dk has had a really interesting season he did miss a week uh, and he's not finished in ppr below 10 points but hasn't finished above 17 like he's just a really solid wide receiver too but he hasn't had a wide receiver one week all season and i just worry with jsn coming into the offense um that he could be a little bit disappointing rest of the season if he's a wide receiver one yeah yeah I, I I get it with DK's uh, on plenty of my teams and I'm struggling with him at the moment. Yeah. Um, so I've gone for Tony Pollard, as you mentioned earlier, Lewis, that the Eagles are crap against the, um, the wide receivers, but they seem to be really good against the run game. They seem to be stopping everyone um, from having a good rushing game. And, and I think that this will be a very slingy sort of game. I think both QBs are going to have to sling it to win this one and, and not it's not going to be much on the ground. So I'm saying Tony Pollard versus the Eagles. And we'll quickly get on to our wild card of the week. Uh, we're each going to give a hot take that could happen this week. Uh, last week, Lewis said the Pats would beat the Dolphins and Bill yep. would go full super villain. And lucky mate, uh, Bill didn't get the W. Hannah said Hertz would have more rushing yards than Brian Robinson. And unfortunately, my guy Brian Robinson had 59 yards and Jane Hurts only had six. 
And I said that the Panthers would get their first W and was criticised by both of you because you laughed saying that they wouldn't get their first W and CJ Stroud would tear them apart and all of this and everything <laughs> like that. And do you know what? The Panthers went and got a W against the Texans. Always listen to me because I'm the best and I know what I'm doing. Um, so let's see what we think we could what could ring true this week. And I believe we've gone for a bit of a trade deadline special. Um, so Lewis, we're going to start with you. Who do you think's going to be traded? I think one of Terry McLaurin or Jahan Dotson from the commanders gets moved. Do you want to give us a landing spot? Well, I'd be really intrigued by a bit like, but I could see the Panthers um, just to try and get that. I know they've been interested in the wide receiver market, uh, even though they're not really in a position to be buying at the minute, but let's say the Panthers. Okay. Okay. Hannah, I love yours. Yours, yours would bring me so much joy on so many levels. So let's, um, let's hear yours. So I'm going to say that Jerry Judy is going to get traded to the chiefs. So, uh, right, we really haven't got time for this, but do you? Would you be in on Jerry Judy if he went to the Chiefs? Do you know? What? I'm not sure. I'm worried that he will also be one of these dead leggers, and they're just piling up dead leggers that can't do anything. He's done terribly this season. Like he's really not been that great. He did okay yesterday, but I don't know. I just can't see them being interested in him, to be honest. But I had to pick something. I thought this would be a bit of fun, um, but I guess. You have to be in him a bit more because he's playing with Mahomes, right? Yeah, that that was my initial thought. My initial thought was he's got a much better QB in um, Kansas, and that would be if if he was there, I'd be more in. Um, so I'm going to say that Derek Henry is traded out of the Titans. Now I was going to I was going to say don't butt in. I was going to say the Bills. But I believe um, Leonard Fournette has been spotted at Bill's headquarters and basically going to be signing there. So I'm going to say um, Jerry Jones does what Jerry Jones does best and goes, yeah, I want him at my team and he's going to go and get him there. They don't need him there. They have no use for him there. And he will do whatever he can to make sure he's there. So... I could say it. He'll he'll sell jerseys, and I think that's what Jerry wants. Yes, money in the bank, money in the bank. Um, but with that, we we got loads of time, guys. What were we all worried about? Um, that brings us to the end of the show. Um, thank you for tuning in. Um, be sure to subscribe and follow us on X at Wildcard Rewind, or head on over to the YouTube channel, search for Fantasy Wildcard Podcast Network, and make sure you give us a like and a subscribe, and follow all of us on X at Paul underscore Picking at Lewis Wood uh, FF underscore UK or at Hannah Rowland, and we shall be back next Monday where we. Rewind week nine. Taking back to the sun.